I'm going to narrate a monologue on climate change. So it is a narration of the speech at a seminar on climate change and security at an international level. So climate change is one of the greatest threats to global security. Climate change knows no borders and it presents an existential challenge to us all. An important security effect of climate change is an increase in the frequency of extreme weather events, floods and storms principally. This affects the infrastructure of towns and cities, access to drinking water and other resources to support daily life. It also drives the displacement of populations and since 2008, an average of 26.4 million people per year have been displaced from their homes by disasters brought by natural hazards. 85% of those weather related, this is equivalent to approximately 1% displaced every second. That is why it is so important that we met here today and speak on this crucial topic. I'll speak to you why we see climate change as a matter of international peace and security and as such why we believe this should be on the table of the Security Council. The scale of the climate challenges we face today and in the future is by now evident. The adverse effect of climate change have the potential to undermine the development gains of the last many decades and they threaten the prospects for achieving Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals. Talking about the development goals quickly turns into long-term challenges. But this is not future development. It is a reality of the present. It is livelihoods and food scarcity being threatened due to changing weather patterns, making people more vulnerable to recruitment by terrorist groups. It is a young girl now forced to walk even further to collect water for her family, missing school and being more exposed to sexual violence. It is its crop being lost and famines are spreading, resulting in forced migration that causes people suffering and increased tension between people. It is changing water flows in some of the largest rivers, affecting the water supply for millions of people and increasing competition over already scarce resources. As such, deteriorating climate conditions is a definite threat to international peace and security. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the Security Council, first ministerial debate on the climate-related security issues. Today this agenda is more urgent than ever. In 2017, we have continued to witness undeniable examples of climate-related security risks. Recurring drought in the Horn of Africa, the Lake Chad region and in Yemen contributing to insecurity and conflict. The conflicts and the droughts amplify one another and have resulted in famines as a scale not seen in many years. Rising sea levels are threatening the very existence of people and countries, not least the Pacific Island states. Hi students. Today we are going to deal with the Kerala VAT provisions. Some of you were not in the class when I had taken this Kerala VAT provision because of the low connectivity due to current cut. So let us see what is meant by the Kerala VAT and what are the rules or regulations which are related to Kerala VAT provisions. 
So under the Kerala VAT Act, what is the type of a consumption tax? It is working on the principle that when raw materials pass through different manufacturing stages and manufactured products pass through various distribution stages, tax should be levied on the value added at each stage and not on the gross sales price. So you may remember what I have told you uh, when I had taken GST. So the tax is uh, levied on the value addition created at each stage. And from the buyer's perspective, it is a tax on the purchase price of a product. And under the Kerala VAT Act, we have to register and do the e-filing of the tax. Tax is levied on the sale of goods and products in India. And it is a multi-point tax with dealers having the option to claim input credit, thereby transferring the VAT liability to the end consumer. Actually, we had mentioned about uh, one example of a shirt. A person who is making or manufacturing a shirt is buying the yarn from another person. And this yarn he is weaving into a shirt. And the shirt is going to some other person and who is uh, adding label to it. So making the shirt, adding the label, all these things are value additions made to the shirt. And at each point and at each supply, we have to pay a tax on the value addition. And this VAT is under the preview of the state government. In Kerala, VAT is levied and controlled by the Kerala Value Added Tax Act 2013. So, it was in the year 2003, I am sorry, it was in the year 2003 that we passed the VAT legislation in Kerala. And as per the Kerala Act, VAT registration is mandatory for the following persons. There is a category of people who has to pay the VAT. And the categories are any dealer whose annual sales turnover during any year is greater than or equal to rupees 10 lakhs. So, rupees 10 lakhs is the limit put. Anybody's annual turnover when it is equal to 10 lakhs or above 10 lakhs, they have to register under the Kerala VAT. And any dealer who is importing or exporting goods from state of Kerala to any other territory of India. That means one who is dealing in interstate transactions. Then dealers involved in the sale of jewellery or gold or silver or platinum or other precious metals. When you are dealing in precious metal then also you have to register under the VAT. The next categories are commission agents, one who is acting one who is getting a remuneration called a commission. Under the Sale of Goods Act 1930, you might have come across mercantile agents. So, mercantile agent is a person who is facilitating trade and commerce. He is acting as an agent for a principal. Suppose you are taking some items from Bangalore to Kerala. Maybe it is tomatoes. And the person who is producing this tomatoes or cultivating this tomato do not have any connection with a person who is selling tomato in Kerala. So once a wholesaler is order, ordering tomatoes from Bangalore, there is a middleman 
who is called the commission agent connecting the buyer and the seller and he is getting a commission based on the sale which is happening place and there are brokers broker is also a connecting link he is also a mercantile agent then auctioneers are there auctioneer means a person who is making an auction of your items and he is also getting a commission on the bid price so these category of people called commission agents brokers auctioneers or others acting on behalf of any principal that means commercial agents has to register under the vat any dealer residing outside the state of kerala but doing business in the state of kerala so when you are doing business in, in the state of kerala even though you are outside staying outside you have to register in kerala because your business is in kerala any other person or entity wishing to commence business in the state of kerala can also get registered under section 15b of the kerala vat act 2003 and once you are submitting the application for registration the vat registering authority will conduct an inspection and proceed to provide the kerala vat registration so your application is subjected to scrutiny after scrutinizing you will be registered as per the legislation now let us see what is the rate of the kerala vat in kerala goods and products are taxed under vat in four main categories there are four main categories coming under the kerala vat there are four schedules actually schedule 1 goods and products 0% vat rate and what is the nature of the goods for which 0% is is the vat rate manually operated agricultural implements aid for handicapped persons coconut fresh fruits and vegetables etc there is a list actually under the schedule 1 for them only 0% vat is collected then schedule 2 these goods and products are having 1% vat rate and what are the goods precious metals precious stones semi precious stones rice etc so rice is also coming under this category along with the precious stones and precious metals and 1% is the rate then schedule 3 goods and products 5% is the vat rate the type of goods are utensils bakery products castings cotton etc so for such kind of items 5% is the vat rate and the last schedule mentions about the goods which are not in any of the schedules and for such kind of goods it is 13.5 is the vat rate 13.5% so certain goods which are not mentioned under these three categories you can charge 13.5 percentage of the price and there are certain other goods in addition to the above they are cigarettes aerated drinks plastic bags and pan and such kind of goods attract higher vat as under so there is a particular rate which is applied to these category of goods 
when it comes to cigars, cheroots, cigarillos, cigarettes, tobacco and tobacco substitutes, the tax rate is 15% of the VAT rate. And branded aerated soft drinks except soda and plastic bags made for carrying are taxed at a 20% VAT rate. Soda is a common drink everybody takes. So there is no need to charge 20% on that. There are branded items like Coca-Cola and all. In the case of such branded aerated soft drinks except soda and plastic carry bags that is also exempted. 20% is the VAT rate. And pan masala and other manufactured tobacco, tobacco substitutes, homogenized or reconstituted tobacco, tobacco ex extracts and essences are taxed at 22.5% VAT rate. And when tobacco is changed into value added products, the tax is also high. It becomes a refined product with lot many value additions. That is why such a tax is charged on such products related to tobacco. And now let us see the procedure for the registration. That means steps of registration. And the procedure for the registration under VAT is given under section 16. According to that, you have to make an application to such authority in such manner and within such period as may be prescribed accompanied by a fee. So, there is a particular manner and by a particular form that you have to apply for the registration under the VAT. And that is clearly mentioned under the Act. And you have to pay a prescribed fee also for that, for the registration. And the fee prescribed is... When your total turnover is below 5 lakhs, you have to pay 500 rupees as the registration fee. And when your total turnover is from 5 lakh to 10 lakhs, you have to pay rupees 750 as the prescribed fee. When it is 10 to 50 lakhs or when the total turnover is 10 to 50 lakhs, rupees 1000. Plus, rupees 25 you have to pay for each lakh or part thereof above rupees 10 lakhs. What does it mean? Suppose, your total turnover is 12 lakhs. That is coming between 10 and 50, 50 lakhs. In that case, what you have to pay is 1000 rupees. And for the first lakh of rupees above 10 lakh, for 11 lakhs, you have to pay 1000 plus 25. When it is 12 lakhs, for the additional 2 lakhs, you have to pay 25 plus 25. So, your total registration fee will be 1000 plus 50 or 1000 plus 25 plus 25. So, each lakh above 10 lakhs, you have to pay 25 as the additional amount along with the 1000 as the basic fee. Suppose your total turnover is 12,50,000. In that case, you have to add 325 rupees to this 1000. 11 lakhs, you are adding 
25 rupees to this uh, 1000 for 12 lakhs you have to add one more 25 that means 1000 plus 25 plus 25 and for the balance amount of 50,000 that is part of 1 lakh for that also you have to pay 25 rupees so that's the meaning of it when the total turnover is between 10 to 50 lakhs rupees 1000 plus rupees 25 for each lakh or part thereof above rupees 10 lakh and when the total turnover is 50 lakhs or above rupees 2000 you have to pay along with that each lakh above 50 lakhs rupees 50 you have to add to this 2000 suppose it is 51 lakhs eh? 2000 plus 50 if it is 55 lakhs 550 rupees you have to add that means totally 250 rupees along with the 2000 that means when your total turnover is 55 lakhs 2000 plus 5 into 50 it will make a 2250 rupees as the registration fee but however you count your total registration fee will not exceed rupees 25,000 so the maximum registration fee under the VAT for any kind of dealer will be rupees 25,000 not more than that so that is the cutoff whatever your amount above 50 lakhs you have to pay 50 rupees for each lakh above 50 but this particular amount should not exceed rupees 25,000 so the maximum amount which is required for your registration under the VAT is rupees 25,000 only that we have to remember then one more thing you have to remember is the minimum is rupees 500 for total turnover below 5 lakhs and maximum is rupees 25,000 and the maximum amount which is suggested here is rupees 50 lakhs total turnover then comes the cancellation of registration is there any need that you have to cancel your registration you are registering so that each and every month you have to pay this VAT to the government it is generation of income for the government but you can cancel your registration when you are discontinuing your business if you are not continuing with your business you can cancel your registration there is no need that you uh, continue to pay the VAT when you don't have the business then at certain times you will dispose your business you will sell away your business to some other person that time also you can cancel your registration because you are no more continuing with the business effect is the same discontinuing the business and disposing the business means you are not running any business at that time you can cancel your registration then suppose you are transferring your business to a new location that time also you have to cancel your registration you are changing your locality maybe from Kerala you are going to Karnataka so you are staying in Kerala and your business is in Karnataka means you have to register at Karnataka no need you register in Kerala your registration in Kerala you have to shift to Karnataka 
when the location is changing to Karnataka. Then, annual turnover falling below the specified amount. So, there is a specified amount which is mentioned under the VAT Act. If your annual turnover is below that specified amount, you need not pay any money. You need not register itself. Then, or you can cancel your registration. Then, TIN. So, under the tax regime, identification of the taxpayer is always important. It is just like you are given a roll number in your class. You are identified by the roll number actually because there may be two people of the same name. That time how to identify one person from another by the roll number given in the classroom. So TIN is the identification number of a taxpayer. It is a code actually to identify a taxpayer. It is the registration number of the dealer. It consists of 11 digit numerals. So totally there are 11 digits. First two characters represent the state code. As used by the Union Ministry of Home Affairs. The Union Ministry of Home Affairs is providing a state code having two digits. So, that same state code is used under the VAT also to represent the particular state in which a dealer is registered. And the next nine characters are different for different states. So, as per the TIN number, first two digits are representing the state code. It is similar to the code used by the Union Ministry of Home Affairs. And the next nine characters different for different states. And it helps to cross-check the tax compliance by the VAT taxpayers. So, this is the TIN number. And there is something called a compulsory re registration. Actually, if you are coming above the particular tax liability or particular annual turnover, compulsorily you have to register. Your own you have to register. If you are not registering or if, uh, if you have not registered even though you are liable to be registered under the act, the registering authority has the power to register your entity. After conducting survey, inspection or enquiry as may be prescribed under the act. So, after making the necessary enquiry, the registering authority will register your name even though you are not registered as a person who is liable to be registered. Once it is registered by the registering authorities, all the provisions of the act and the rules made there under shall be binding on such person. But, Whatever benefits which are available to a person who is taking registration on his own will not be liable, will not be available to the people whom are registered by the registering authority compulsorily. Now there is something called e-filing of the Kerala VAT. 
So dealers registered for Kerala VAT must file periodic VAT returns and an annual VAT return. There is a periodic VAT return you have to file. Annually also you have to compile a VAT return and submit. The dealers who had VAT payable for more than rupees 10 lakhs during the preceding year must file their returns on or before the 15th of each month. So the cutoff date within which you have to pay your tax if your annual turnover is exceeding 10 lakhs is 15th of every month. Then less than 10 lakhs but more than rupees 25,000 file by 20th of each month. So about 10 lakhs 15th of each month 25,000 to rupees 10 lakhs by 20th of each month and dealers not falling under any of the above category must file their monthly VAT return on or before the 25th of each month. If you are not belonging to this category, you can file before 25th. And in addition to filing monthly VAT returns, dealers must also file an annual VAT return. That you have to do on or before the 30th of April each year. At the end of the financial year. That is what is meant. So that is how annual VAT return you have to pay. Then this is all regarding the Kerala VAT provisions.